Welcome to episode 62 of the Search with Candor podcast, recorded on Friday the 22nd of May 2020. My name is Mark Williams-Cook, and today we're going to be taking a deep dive into the new Lighthouse metrics and the Lighthouse version 6 update that's just been released, and we'll also have a quick discussion about unlinked citations and no-follow links. Before we kick off, I thought it'd be really cool to mention I saw yesterday that Google Webmasters has announced its own podcast, which will surely be better than this one, and it's called Search Off The Record, and it's going to have people like John Mueller and Martin Split from Google on it. Uh, I listened to the two, two and a half minute ad that they ran about Search Off The Record, and essentially they're saying they're going to be talking about what they're essentially doing behind the scenes at Google, what they're working on day to day, and just give webmasters some insight maybe into what's coming before it's been announced. It's not there as kind of a, a podcast version of the documentation. They're going to be talking about other things. So it's called Search Off The Record. Looks like it's going to be really great. I'll definitely be uh, listening to that. So check it out. I saw an interesting discussion this last week come up about unlinked citations and I wanted to talk about it quickly because it's a topic I've discussed before with other SEOs and this is around the ideas if we just think about links in general about how Google is handling different types of link and in this conversation I think it would be good to include the changes that were made to no follow that we've talked about in previous episodes so if you haven't um, kind of heard of that before or listened to those episodes or you've missed it Google uh, I believe it was the 1st of March said they were going to make this change whereby they started treating the no follow tag as a hint rather than a directive the difference being a directive is something that a search engine will always obey and a hint is something they will use in combination normally with other factors to decide whether they want to honor it or not and the general thinking about that was that Google is trying to navigate its way around an issue they've kind of created for themselves which is that many editorial sites such as newspapers will just blanket no follow every external link on their site and they're doing this for obvious kind of risk mitigation factors themselves because linking out to other sites there's that perceived risk of does it look like a paid link or is it a trustworthy site um, are we accidentally linking to a competitor and helping them so as a fix-all solution many of these editorial sites just took the decision to no follow every external link and this saved them the time and hassle of having to manually go through and make decisions about which link should be followed and which link you know shouldn't because it, it's not really important to them that did create this side issue for google which is that part of the if you want to call it page rank algorithm the algorithm they use in total to look at how web pages are linking together relies on the fact that 
good web pages are also linking to other good web pages and citating them and mentioning them so Google can take these these hints. So nofollow, the definition was that this nofollow tag stops links from passing page rank. Essentially, it stops that importance getting across. So in this nofollow update, as we've covered before, as I said, they have changed their position and said, we're going to start treating nofollow as a hint, although as it was reported, that hasn't actually happened yet. So we don't really know what the impact of that was. And at the same time, Google released some granular forms of nofollow, which were rel sponsored and rel UGC, UGC being user generated content, which allowed webmasters to specifically say, okay, this link is paid for, this link is generated by users, or this link is nofollow. And the general, again, thought consensus behind this is that Firstly, Google said that you don't have to use those specific granular level rail sponsored or rail UGC. It's absolutely fine just to keep no follow, which to me, and I think a few people agree with this, would indicate that maybe they are using this voluntary tagging system to help train their models to be able to spot, okay, this whole group of links here were marked as sponsored. These ones are just marked as no follow, but they look really similar. Therefore, in terms of how we treat them as a hint, we're going to fall on the side of the fence that they're probably sponsored. So it helps them, I think, detect whether they should be respecting that no follow tag or not. So that's an interesting thought now about whether when these changes kick in and Google is treating no follow as a hint, whether these links from editorial sites that are just blanket no following do become followed in a way if you like so there's that whole discussion about how google may or may not be treating uh links with no follow the discussion i picked up on unlinked citations is something as i said i've spoken about before i find it really interesting which is that this discussion about whether someone mentions your brand or even your website url and doesn't link to it whether google counts this or not and interestingly enough someone directly just asked uh, John Mueller this on Twitter the other day and he was kind enough to reply and his reply was uh, the short version is usually not in my opinion and the long version is somewhat hard to squeeze into tweet form as you can imagine and I'm not in the mood to write a long essay so hopefully the short version is useful as a starting point um, I think it is useful as a, as a starting point. So to, to kind of take us back in time a bit, it was in 2013 that this I saw this first discussed and Google said they could use these unlinked citations for discovery uh, so that they can use them to discover new URLs, new web pages that they weren't aware of before, but they didn't use them for ranking. I've previously discussed um, patents before that have been filed by Google that include uh, both explicit and implied links. So if I just read out, I'm going to read out part of a patent, a ranking patent that was filed by Google that mentions implied links, which says an implied link is a reference to a target resource, e.g. a citation to the target resource, which is included in a source resource, but not an express link to the target resource so sorry express not explicit link so uh, but it's not an express link to the target resource thus a resource in the group 
can be the target of an implied link without a user being able to navigate to the resource by following the implied link. And there's been other mentions in patents about um, a link can be an express link or an implied link. An express link exists where a resource explicitly refers to the site. An implied link exists where there is some other relationship between a resource and the site. So the fact that these things are mentioned in Google Paintings when they're talking about, so the first painting I was, was specifically about um, uh, how to rank web pages, looking at links and what things should be considered, is interesting that Google is starting to, to look at, or has been, I shouldn't say start to, has been looking at these things. Um, the, re the more recent speculation is that brand mentions, things like that can be used for entity identification. So there's um, long been this push by Google to switch to, as they call it, this things not strings model, which is this graph kind of database where they're building up an understanding of what things are, what things are part of other things and what the relationships between those things are, which then gives you a framework to be able to answer more complicated questions. So, you know, Google, if you type something like who is the founder of Warner Brothers, Google can just give you normally an instant answer to that. And that a question like that actually requires a huge amount of understanding from the machine to understand that Warner Brothers is a company, uh, a company uh, is founded by things called founders. Founders are types of people, and these are the people that we've identified our founders and related to Warner Brothers. So it's really interesting to see how all of this meshes together. I wanted to um, to kind of summarize it really, which is that, you know, in my opinion, Google is using these um, unlinked implied citations in some way for discovery, kind of like they said, maybe for entity um, identification. But I think it's fair to say that where you can get a link, it's always going to be a lot better. So if you're doing um, kind of link reclamation where you're getting alerts, where your brand, your websites, your products have been mentioned and they're not linked, you know, that's great. It's brilliant. People are talking about you. There's all kinds of research as well done around uh, how Google's looking at um, how people are talking about brands and entities online and if they're positive or negative. But if you can still get a link, links from those people, I certainly wouldn't stop doing that. Lighthouse version 6 has just been released. If you haven't used it before, where have you been? Lighthouse is an automated website auditing tool that's basically there to help developers find opportunities to diagnose and improve user experience of their sites. Uh, you can access it if you're in Chrome by hitting F12 and that will open up the developer panel and it's called now, it should be called Lighthouse in, in the list of tabs. It used to be called Audit or Audits. Uh, it's called Lighthouse now, so it's been renamed. And this will allow you to run a set of audits on your site. So performance, uh, progressive web app checks, best practice, accessibility, SEO, and you can simulate mobile or run them on desktop. So I use this really regularly for looking at the performance of sites. It's a really nice tool to get some, some, some feedback on that. Just one note that's worth taking into consideration, if you are going to use it, 
I set it up so uh, I always run it in an incognito window that doesn't have any other Chrome extensions running. So other Chrome extensions can interfere with the results you will get. So I try and run it from like a clean instance of the browser. And it gives some really um, helpful metrics. So the, the two that I use regularly with Lighthouse are TTI and FCP. So TTI stands for time to interactive and that measures the time from when the page starts loading to when its main sub resources have loaded and it's capable of reliably responding to user input frequently so essentially when they can start using the page so it's tti and first contentful paint is fcp and that's how long it takes for the site to start being rendered on the screen and it's interesting because FCP uh, I really like it as a metric because it's it's not just kind of like a, a, a how long this it took to load this web page because it's looking at when things are starting appearing on your screen this is actually what directly impacts the satisfaction of the user in terms of site speed so if your page took three seconds to load and it went from being completely blank for 2.9 of those seconds and in, the, in that last tenth of a second it kind of just all loaded and you had another website that also took three seconds to load but after half a second it started loading like the main text uh, navigation things like that and it still took three seconds to have the full page load but people could see that content earlier you'll tend to find those users will ex feel their experience that site is much faster and they'll have less frustration they'll be more satisfied so fcp was always been a really interesting metric for me and how we can get the pages loading as quickly as possible to try and keep people uh try and keep people engaged in the site so the big announcements for version 6 of lighthouse is they have introduced some really interesting new metrics so there's three new metrics they're bringing in They've replaced three metrics, so three in, three out. The ones going out are first meaningful paint, not first contentful paint, first CPU idle and max potential FID. I'm not going to talk about them because they're on the way out. So we want to talk about the new metrics. So there's three new metrics. The first one is largest contentful paint, which is LCP. And Lighthouse described this as a measurement of perceived loading experience so very similar to what we just talked about with the first contentful paint fcp so this is largest contentful paint it marks the point during page load when the primary or largest content has loaded and is visible to the user lcp is an important complement to the first contentful paint fcp which only captures the very beginning of the loading experience lcp provides a signal to developers about how quickly a user is actually able to see the content of a page. An LCP score below 2.5 seconds is considered good. So one of the issues I think they were having with FCP with the first contentful paint was this was really counting as soon as kind of anything was starting to be rendered on the page, you know, the first kind of pixel, which isn't necessarily always helpful to users. So this Complements says this large contentful paint is looking at when this main body is loaded. So they're saying this gives a, a better 
average signal of when the user is is kind of seeing things loaded and are, are going to be happy and their experience is going to be improved. And they've set the bar at that as 2.5 seconds or under is good. The second new metric they've introduced is called Cumulative Layout Shift CLS, which I had a guess at what it would be, and I'm really happy to say it is that, and it's a measurement of visual stability. So CLS, Cumulative Layout Shift, quantifies how much a page's content visually shifts around. A low CLS score is a signal to developers that their users aren't experiencing undue content shifts. A CLS score below 0.1 is considered good. So you've probably all experienced this, especially on advert heavy websites, where I think it's actually sometimes used intentionally as a trick to get you to click on ads, which is you start loading a web page and it becomes interactive. So you can click on stuff and then just as you're going to click on something, kind of the whole navigation shifts as a new element loads in. I've certainly seen this on those kind of clickbait types of sites where they're saying, here's 10 pictures you know of what celebrities look like now and then they want you to click previous and next and the last thing to normally load is an advert which is very close to the previous next so you kind of look at the image and then half a second later you go to click on next but just before you do you know a new advert loads pushes the next previous links down and sure enough there's an advert there that you've accidentally clicked on uh, and that can just be frustrating anyway for users because as people are going through sites quickly, they may want to just start clicking and interacting with things before it's fully loaded. So cumulative layout shift CLS is now a way that Lighthouse has got of measuring how much of the page is shifting around as it's loading. The third new metric is called total blocking time TBT. And this quantifies load responsiveness, measuring the total amount of time when the main thread was blocked long enough to prevent input responsiveness. TBT measures the total amount of time between first contentful paint, FCP, and time to interactive, TTI. So that was one of the first initial metrics I spoke about. It is a companion to, the TT, to TTI, and it brings more nuance to quantifying main thread activity that blocks a user's ability to interact with your page. So this is essentially the time from when the content starts appearing on the page to when it becomes interactive. So this is a really nice, as, as it says here, layer of nuance. So before the TTI was just from when we requested the web page to when it was interactive, and that could sometimes be artificially blown up by if the first contentful paint took a long time to start to load. So it might be that the delay between first contentful paint and interactive is really small, but the TTI is still really high because you waited three, four seconds before the FCP even started. So this total blocking time, TBT, measures the time between these two metrics. So the time between first contentful paint and time to interactive. So at a glance, you can see if you've got issues with the web page starting to render or actually the, the block you've got in terms of interactivity is this loading time. And the, there's another note saying, additionally, total blocking time TBT correlates well 
with the field metric first input delay FID, which is a core web vital. So along with this, uh, they, uh, so they Lighthouse have recalculated how they score performance. So each of these metrics previously had a weight associated with it. So you get a zero to 100 performance score when you run these audits. And because they now have new metrics and they've shifted some old metrics around, they have recalculated the weightings of these metrics. So I'll put a link in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk that will link to, they did some analysis of how websites, real websites were affected by these score changes. So they've actually published the, the data they collected there. And the summary is that around 20% of sites see noticeably higher scores. Around 30% have hardly any change and around 50% see a decrease of at least five points. And along with this, really helpfully, they've published a scoring calculator, which helps you see the difference between Lighthouse version five and Lighthouse version six scores. So when you run an audit now with Lighthouse version six, the report will come back with a link to the calculator with your audit result already populated in it so you can see okay well if we've lost 10 points now between version 5 and version 6 of Lighthouse exactly where you're you're losing those points and really interestingly the version 6 of Lighthouse comes with where it can source location links which means that some of the issues that Lighthouse finds about a page can be tracked back to a specific line of source code and the report will state the exact file and line that's relevant. So this is to make these changes really easy to explore in DevTools. So it's taking us forward a couple of steps. So rather than the historically more vague advice of, oh, you need to look at this category of thing to make your site faster, this will actually start to where possible be really specific in your source code to where you can make improvements. You may, uh, some of you have been using Lighthouse through a Chrome extension because there is actually a Chrome extension for Lighthouse. The part of this announcement for version six is they've said, unfortunately, the browser extension was too complicated to support. And the Lighthouse team felt that because the Chrome DevTools Lighthouse panel is a better experience, in that the report integrates with other panels, they could reduce their engineering overhead by simplifying the Chrome extension. So instead of running Lighthouse locally, the browser extension Lighthouse now uses the PageSpeed Insights API. And they said they recognize that will not be a sufficient replacement for some of their users because there are some key differences. So the key differences are the PageSpeed Insights is unable to audit non-public websites, and that's because it's run via a remote server. So if you run your Chrome Lighthouse report through DevTools, it's run locally through that browser. So you can you can audit anything that you can see in your browser, essentially. Also, the PageSpeed Insights is not guaranteed to use the latest Lighthouse release. And the PageSpeed Insights is a Google API and using it constitutes accepting the Google API terms of service. So not everyone may uh, be able to accept those terms of service. So there are, it seems, some quite good reasons now if you are using the 
um, Chrome extension for Lighthouse to actually switch and start using the inbuilt version in Chrome DevTools. And it's, you know, even if you're kind of not a technical person, not a developer, as I said, it's really easy to access. You just hit F12 and it's just there under Lighthouse. You can check uh, which which audits you want to run, just hit run and it runs in pretty much the same way. There's actually a whole host of more information and uh, changes in version six of Lighthouse. So these were just the main ones that I wanted to make everyone aware of. I think that will impact maybe recommendations and things we look at for SEO and helpful things that will give us easier conversations with developers. So it's important that if we're doing technical SEO that we understand these new metrics because these are, I think, you know, these will become um, kind of standard in terms of how people are looking at performance. But there are um, loads more updates with things like continuous integration um, and the Lighthouse um, audit looking at unused JavaScript and a whole bunch of things that I think if you're working with developers, I would strongly encourage you um, to get them to go and read the full post, uh, which we'll link to, as I said, in search.withcanda.co.uk. And that's everything I've got time for in this episode. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to be back in one week's time, of course, which will be Monday, the 1st of June. So I hope you'll tune in then.